All right, everybody, we are back. I'm looking forward to today. We have none other than Tobias Dangle on the line right now. Tobias, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Ben? I am well. I am well. Where Where are you hanging out today? I'm in Charlottesville, Virginia. Oh, my um, gosh. As you know, Steve Case has this theory of the rise of the rest, and we're big believers in that, that you know, tech's going to be in more places than New York and Boston and the Bay Area. So we're... Uh, we're part of that trend, hopefully. Virginia is coming on strong. Yeah, we're Amazon's coming. So. <laughs> yeah. Now, is, do you um, feel like New York? We didn't kick them out. <laughs> You're like, please come, please, please. Um, that's amazing. When when does that happen? Do you guys have any any idea? I think uh, as fast as 24 months, their first folks are coming over. Yeah, it's right. It's not right next to us. It's up by DC, but it will. I think it'll make Virginia more of a tech center, obviously, than it is today, which is great. Well, we'll have to keep checking in with you over the next uh, 24 months just to see how things change. I love I love hearing about stuff like that. So that will be really cool. Um, For sure, yeah. Sweet. So today, what I really wanted to get into is you're the CEO of Willow Tree, and I want to get into what Willow Tree is in a little bit. But first, I really wanted to dig in. I know that you've been thinking a lot about voice technology. As my audience knows, I'm a big voice guy, helped create one of the larger voice communities on Facebook called Voice Entrepreneur. I just want to get into it with you. What are you seeing in the voice space here in 2019? What are you excited about? What's making your sort of your eyes pop right now? So what gets us fired up is thinking about what's next just in the digital space overall, you know, our clients rely on us to help them figure that out. And as you know, every year there's five false starts. You know, if you go back five years, people were talking about Google Glass. And then for a while at CES, a few years, not that long ago, it was it was 3D TV was going to change the world, right? And my father-in-law, this- my father-in-law, like, like put a lot of money in the stock market on 3D TV. Yeah. <laughs> And, and I think what you always have to come back to is, is what is this a cool tech in search of a problem or is this a technology that's solving a problem for the end user? Right. And so um, what 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 really gets us going about voice is it solves a real problem. And that's the speed of the human machine interface. Right. And ultimately, what that comes down to is that we type, you know, at 40 or 50 words a minute, which is, you know, that's on a, you know, that's for the typical human. If you're typing with your thumbs on a mobile device, it might be half, that might be 20 words a minute, but we can speak at about 150 in English anyway. So that's, that is the promise, right? That we can transmit information about three times as fast as we can today. And that's why we as humans are so tempted to pick up our phones and use Siri or to shout across the room at Alexa um, because it's just so much faster than typing, right? Especially in an always on world uh, where, you know, there's no boot up time. There's no activation. You just, you just roll. And that's, that's why we're, we, we really believe voice is, is going to be a big deal. But what we think the problem is with voice right now is it's a self-contained voice experience. So you got to listen to, uh, you know, Alexa, Siri, whatever, typically respond to you. So everyone is super psyched to ask Alexa, for example, what movies are planned tonight. 
no one is super psyched to ask uh, to wait for Alexa to tell you, uh, yeah, there are eight movies and list them all, and uh, here's the showtime for each one. Um, that's basic, you know, that's movie fun. <laughs> we had that 20 years ago. Um, and I think that's what's really holding back voice right now is that there's all this promise of how you, how you transmit to it, but the actual receiving of info is, is brutal right now. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I think that uh, obviously the car is such a big place for voice, and I think we're starting to see with, with Siri and, and, and Alexa and so forth, but really with Siri because the iPhone – it is. It's actually like texting while you're driving using Siri. It's starting to work, I believe, and I believe people want to do it. But to your point, it's really tough to receive information through these devices. Still, it's it's a pain in the ass. It's just not working yet. Exactly. So what we think the future is is and where and why over the next year or two, voice is going to break out in in a huge way is these blended consumer blended experiences. Some people call them multimodal. Some people call them blended ecosystems. Basically you ask Alexa, let's say what movies are playing tonight. And then on your iPhone, you get a notification and you look at your screen and then you say, all right, cool. Four tickets to star Wars at 8 PM back to Alexa. And then boom, tickets are in your app. And that, you know, that scenario it might take 15, 20 seconds to order movie tickets. And even under best case right now in an app, it takes you know 90 seconds, 120 seconds. So anyone who's been around tech for any amount of time knows that if you take a process that consumers are, 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 are doing and you can cut the time it takes by, you know, 50%, 80%, it's, you know, it's going to get adopted overnight. And so that's where we think all the action is in voice. And we, we kind of think that the experiences now in Alexa are a little bit analogous to the experiences on AOL in the mid nineties, where, you know, it was kind of the worldwide wait where it really kind of sucked, but you, there was still stuff you could get done. It was so promising. It was so close. And all of a sudden it blew open two, three years later with broadband and a bunch of other things. We think what's going to blow voice open is this concept that you're going to transmit, you're going to ask quick questions, and then you get written responses or graphical responses that we can consume because we can read at 250 words a minute. So we can read twice as fast as we can listen. And then, you know, you get to that word where you transmit by speaking and you read the response. And we're doing that today. That's basically voice texting. You voice text it out, you, you read the response or I mean, for me, I don't even listen to my voicemails anymore. I read the, the transcription on my phone, but I like leaving voicemails because it's, you know, especially if I'm driving, it's way faster than typing that stuff. So interesting. So what, what you're saying basically is human beings can only really type on a phone at around 20 words a minute. They can type on a keyboard at around, what did he say? 50? 40. 40, 40, 40, 50. 40 words a minute. But then... You, th that they can actually speak words at around 150 words per minute. But then if they go to multimodal, then you're talking about what? Uh, probably then you double. you read at about 250. Yeah, yeah. so you're probably so, getting up to 250 at that point. Yeah. And so that's where the world breaks open, right? Because it, there are lots of consumer applications, but you know, all the data entry, all this stuff that's still happening in the in the business world and the work environment, like you think about a world where all that transmission happens at, you know, two, three times the speed as, as we can type today. And, you know, we run a software development business. When you talk to developers, right, they'll tell you, um, 
you know, in about 20% of the time that they're dedicated to problem, 20% is, is, is dedicated to problem solving and 80% is just dedicated to, to typing in the code. And if you can cut that typing down over time, um, you know, you've got all kinds of efficiencies throughout all different facets of the economy. So that's so why cool. we're so pumped so about cool. this. So many questions for you. Do you see this anywhere yet? Is it like, how do you see this playing out? Like what, when we talk about screens, like how are you seeing this done today? Like what's going on in this space right now? So what we, we are, and that's why we're psyched about 19. I think we're going to see the first mass adoption of this kind of stuff. You see it a little bit, right? You see it in, in the Waze app, for example, there's a microphone where you can, you know, just within the app itself, talk about the destination you're going to tell it the destination that's just a speed thing it's also a driving thing in that particular use case but i think the concept of voice in the apps is where you're going to see the big breakthroughs i think you're going to see little mics popping up as buttons all over the place that allow you to uh um to do that and i think you'll see it in apps like you know movie apps you're going to see it you know you're going to see it in a pizza ordering app, right? It, you know, if you know you want pepperoni and sausage, you should be able to order that in in the time it take took me to say that two seconds versus going through the app, typing all the different, you know, selecting blah blah blah. It takes you know a solid minute. Um, when the other area that it's going to hit, I think this year is financial services because in financial services, not only do you have the speed issue, you also have the privacy issue, right? You, most of us are with other people most of the time. So you don't want to ask your your banking app what your balance is or if a check is cleared, whatever, and have your kids hear it or your family or friends. But if you can say, what's the balance? And it pops up in the notification, boom, you got it. And we're, you know, we're looking, for example, on an app that is going to launch in the next month for a major bank that's going to do exactly that. I'll send it to you when it's out. But I think those are the kind of things that people are going to start getting voice real quick and saying, wait, it's not this annoying thing that I can use my Alexa. And there's great use cases now, right? You can get your news, you can get the weather, play the right music, you can turn your lights on, whatever. But in terms of really replacing a lot of the things we use our computers and phones for um, at today, um, it's not, it, it, this is, this multimodal is what's going to change that. That's awesome. I love those examples. I love the ways example. It makes me also think of Google analytics where you, where you basically have a set of complex functions. You have a comp very, very complex dashboard and you have people that want to get a simple answer to something. Voice makes a lot of sense. And then a graphic graphic overlay, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Do, is is anyone else out there doing it in a particularly interesting way that our our listeners should should check out? Um, that's a great question. I mean, I think the, I think the ways example is the one that's the most obvious, just because we, you know, the penetration of that app is so big, and we can all see it exactly. And I think we're all already doing it by voice transmission of text and then reading it, or voice leaving voicemails and then reading the transcription. Um, I think you get to the second half of 2019, you're going to start, once you start thinking about this, you're going to no start noticing it all over the place. Yeah. Do you think consumer apps like Instagram will, will adopt this as well? Is that, or do you see it as a different thing altogether? I think it will a hundred percent be integrated into all major, uh, consumer facing apps just cause it's, you know, think about Pinterest, right? You, you turn on your app and you hitting and say, show me pictures of, uh, of postmodern kitchens, whatever you're looking for. And 
it's just faster and easier and more elegant than than typing it. Yeah, and I actually now that I think about it, you know, say what you want about the about like Apple TV and and so forth, but using that uh, with with the Apple TV with the remote control and and searching for a title or searching for through YouTube for for a particular video for the most part works amazing. Yeah, that's a great that's a perfect use case, and my you know my kids use that all the time. I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. We just took a JetBlue flight down to Florida. And, you know, 10, 15 years ago when JetBlue first started flying, all of us were like, oh, my God, it's so cool. They've got DirecTV. It's the best entertainment system in the world. And we landed. And I said, how awesome was that flight? How'd you like How'd you like DirecTV? And they said, it sucked, Dad. <laughs> and I was like, why did it suck? And he's like, A, we had these stupid controls that we had to kind of use instead of voice, A. And B, they had these things called channels. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just want to be able to watch what I want. Like, what is a channel? That's uh, hard to explain. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm not going there. Yeah. Uh, amazing. So what, what else are you seeing in the voice space uh, right now that, that interests you? Well, so I think there's, you know, obviously this concept of speed. The second thing that's really interesting is this concept of trust. And where a lot of these assistants have gone is they've really tried to emulate the human experience. And, you know, when you build any voice experience, you've got a choice, right? You can either make it as human as possible or you can try and shy away from that and make it more uh either robotic sounding and there's also a whole element the question around male female versus binary that we get into in a bit but uh, around the trust piece we've been thinking a lot about what is what is trust based on we've got a couple phds here in uh, psychology and sociology that we really rely on to to help us think through this and what's interesting is human trust of other humans um has has kind of two main components one is emotional or effective trust and the other is cognitive trust and emotional trust is how do i feel about you and then cognitive trust is do i feel that i can rely on you are you going to do what you say you're going to do and what's interesting about humans is when you first meet someone it's 90 percent effective trust or emotional trust because we as humans you have no basis for knowing is this person actually going to do what they say they're going to do. And really we're using a million clues that we've developed in our genetics, in our lifetime to decide, is this person trustworthy? Right. And so the risk, if you create human sounding voice, we as humans immediately start thinking, can I trust this voice as a human? Whereas if we are interfacing with what's clearly a machine, um, we don't really care about that so much anymore. And there's a really, really interesting experiment um, that I think we got run out of the Harvard psychology department where you've probably heard about this, where they, they there's a pot of money um, and you and I are strangers. We're never going to see each other again. We're going to split that pot of money and I get to decide, I get to make an offer to you as to what it should be split. And it's humans, if I give you 50-50, you'll take it every time. If I take 60% and give you 40, you might take it, you may not. If I take 90 and give you 10, you're never gonna take it because you think it's unfair, even though it's $10 you would have never had, right? And that's all based on trust. Is that other person acting fairly, et cetera? Now, if, it's a, if we tell the other person, hey, we've got a, a computer simulated game here and 
um, the computer is randomly going to decide what percentage of this hundred bucks you get. And then you say, all right, computer came out and said, computer keeps 90, you keep 10, you keep the 10 every time because that's 10 you don't have. And so what's so mind blowing about that is you would have, you would have received the 10 bucks each way. But if a human gave it to you, you would say, no way, that's not fair. But if a computer gave it to you, you're like, that's the way the ball bounces. And what that means to us is the more human you make these voice experiences, the higher the threshold of trust has to be. And it's just really hard to get that right. So our gut is that these voice experiences are actually going to be better the less human they are. Interesting. Interesting. Tell me more on that. Um, and so, cause if you, if you make it less human, we humans, as crazy as it sounds, humans will not be worried about, do I trust this person, this thing emotionally? They'll just say, can I rely on it? And if we can make Got these it. voice experiences reliable, we don't have to deal with this whole emotion around. Do I like it? Do I not like it? Does it have to be female for me to like it? Does it have to be male for me to like it? I think and that's so counterintuitive, actually. I think most people would think the, the opposite. I know. It's crazy. It, and, it, and I had no idea. We started looking at, um, you know, we said, we, we posed the question ourselves, how do we build trust with these experiences we're building for our clients? And then we said, well, to do that, we got to understand what trust is. And then we started talking to, you know, experts who study trust and we're like, holy shit, we're thinking about this exactly backwards. Everyone's trying to make it more human to build trust. We should actually make it less human to build trust. See, that's that's fascinating because, uh, you know, over the last year, I've, I've heard so many people argue we need more human voices. And I think you're right. If, if you think about it, it, oh, humans trust automation. It's almost like we trust an ATM now more than we, we trust a bank teller. Same exactly. idea, same exact idea. Yeah. That is really cool. That's real. So, if, so how are you playing this? Yeah. How are you playing this? Well, it's, it's, so what we do is we help our clients build the in-app voice experiences. Obviously, Alexa, Siri, all the you know, Google Assistant, those are their own ecosystems. We can't control what those sound like, et cetera. But if we're going to put voice inside of an app, we're going to try and make it, a, a, we have the advantage that we don't have to make it do everything, right? If we're building a voice for a banking app, no one expects it to be able to tell you what the weather is. So it's a very specific set of things we're trying to get it to do, but we're trying to make it less human and more, um, and more machine-like because people, pe you know, people don't want to joke with their freaking banking app or their banking voice. They want to know what their balance is. And, you know, if we started, if you started, if you walked up to an ATM that had like an image of a human being talking to you about, you know, here's your balance, that's actually less effective than just having the screen. Yeah, it, it reminds me of like sure. that. I think there was like a uh, like a curb episode with like Larry David where it's like you don't actually want to get to be friends with the waiter or or the bank teller because like <laughs> then right. you have to like actually treat them like a human and you have to like be nice to them and take time and so forth. And what you're saying makes sense. I, you know, obviously a more human voice for some applications makes a ton of sense. If, you know, if, if you're building more relationship uh, style applications, then maybe it does make sense. But when you're talking about, you know, a cold automated process, then you might need a cold automated voice. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fast. And that, you know, you're just trying to get something done, right? No one wants to be friends with your bank or your 
cinema chain or your retailer. You're just trying to get something done. Man. So, so where do you see like overall in voice in 2019, where do you think we'll be by the end of the year? Any, any way of like talking about that or thinking about that? Well, so what I think is interesting is, you know, voice in the, as a technology and as a device has been the fastest adoption of a technology in, in us history, right? We got, we've gotten to about 40% penetration, 50% penetration of us households in four years or took the smartphone six years. So it's, you know, people want it. People love it. And I think right now it's people are second, second fastest after the adult industry, probably. Well, there you go. There you go. All right. All right. Sorry. Had to Um, interrupt. The, (laughs) the, um, so, so people have it, people want it. They still outside of very basic applications haven't found great use cases for it. I think this is the year that you start having these blended environments where you're just using it all the time, but because it's tied into your other devices. So you ask Alexa, um, you know, to book you a ticket to get you, you know, book me a, you know, what, what flights are available tomorrow morning to New York and you get the alert on your phone and you look at them and you say, all right, book me the 9am United flight. That kind of stuff is going to happen and it's going to happen. I think really, really quickly. You're also going to be able to interface directly with your orbits app or your night, your United app to do the same thing. Um, and I think the companies that invest in that are going to have a meaningful advantage because consumers at the end of the day are driven by speed and convenience. And the younger they are, the more, you know, folks in their young twenties, whatever generation they're currently calling that, I mean, that's all they care about is speed and convenience. So, uh, so Tobias, how, how do people find you? Um, I, so our website is willowtreeapps.com. Um, the, uh, that, and that's, you know, most of our clients are word of mouth, frankly. Um, and, uh, some, it's still hilarious that people still Google us. Um, but the, uh, and we go to a few conferences, but not that many. It's, it's, uh, uh, our main issue, honestly, has been, um, keeping up with, with with demand we just happen to be in a very fortunate cycle right now where there's so much demand for digital work that it's the hard part is actually you know hiring and retaining amazing talent yeah it's hard to find great people and when you have uh, a team like you do um yeah i think you're in demand and and obviously i i just love the way that you guys are approaching the voice space and uh, I, I agree, man. I really think that this is, uh, you know, the next big wave of activity. And it takes a little while to learn how to play it, but I love how you're thinking about it. And I'm sure our listeners uh, will want to get in touch, maybe ask you a question or two and see if, you know, maybe they can work with you or, uh, you know, see what's possible. So, um, cool. Well, thank you so much for being on Chance Bending today. Uh, it was a good one, man. I, we have to have you back. Next time we're going to do some video. And if you ever happen to be in L.A., got to come over. Yeah, I will do that for sure. And when we launch some of these apps for the next years, I'll just uh, send them to you and uh, you can check them out. But I think, I think this voice blended experience is going to be you know, the big thing for the next 18, 24 months. Tobias, this is sweet. All right, man. Thank you so all much right. for the time. All right. All right. Till Thanks, next time. Ben. All Great right. chat. All right. Bye.
Hey everybody, this is Ben. So I wanted to take a second away from the podcast to tell you we are now offering chance bending coaching. So it's an excite. I'm so excited about this. It's crazy. Basically, we offer a program where we help entrepreneurs get results. First and foremost, we help you get results. We have incredible testimonials. We've helped so many people over the last year or so. And I think you're going to love this program. We give you an actionable plan. We teach you how to run business models. We really just help you move toward that entrepreneurial life you were meant to lead. So pure and simple, we create business results. If you act now, we have a special. Just go to bensmith.tv. We have $100 off. It's so affordable, guys. It's like, I can't believe we can offer it at this price. Like right now, we're offering coaching at $297 a month. I don't know anybody that can meet that price. That's what we're doing. You get all sorts of media, you get modules, you get courses, you get all sorts of stuff. It's like, I, I'm so pumped to offer this to you. So go again, bensmith.tv, click join now, join the Chance Bending Network. It's awesome. Um, all right, 